Welcome to Sister Trip. We are three of nine children. The stories we'll share are our own from our personal perspectives and influenced by our own experiences. We're gonna be loud, we're gonna talk over each other, and we're definitely going to swear. But we're also gonna be real and brutally honest. We may see or remember things differently, but if you take this trip with us, you can bet your sweet ass you'll enjoy the ride. I think what we need to do is we need to share a little bit about um, why we decided to start this podcast. What is it that made us want to do it and why are we actually doing it? I was listening to a bunch of podcasts when I was driving back and forth to Syracuse to take care of grandma. And I was listening to a murder podcast and it was two women who were obviously related. I'm not quite sure how they were related. I think one woman was the aunt and the other one was the niece, but I'm not entirely sure. And one of them was an autopsy tech and the other one was a hairstylist. And they were just talking about all these different murders and, you know, weird facts about them and unknown facts, little known facts, that kind of thing. And I started thinking about it and I thought, Rachel and I are both hairstylists. And so we're instantly by nature, we're awesome because we have to talk a lot and we deal with a lot of people and we tell our stories all day long, every day in the salon. So then I started thinking, well, what other characteristics about us are unique? And I thought, well, Rachel and Mandy and I have all been married and divorced twice. We were raised in this ultra religious conservative family. We were super poverty stricken. There are nine of us. So that's when I messaged you guys. I said, listen, guys, how about if we do this podcast? Right. So we've been talking about it for a very long time and trying to figure out the point and the conversations and everything. So we were trying to think of names of the podcast um, that were obviously unique and would immediately share a little information about us. So we took our sister trip in the RV across the country in 1998, and we called it Sister Trip of 98. So when we were talking about wanting to, you know, the point of the podcast, what are we going to be talking about? And like Candace said, it's going to be a lot about how we grew up and the unique circumstances and everything we kind of went through. Um, but also where we are now, who we are as people, what our plans are, who we are as mothers. So kind of, you know, like our whole journey. So obviously when I'm thinking about journey, I'm thinking about, we went on a sister trip. So that's how the name of the podcast came up. We've been on a sister trip and now here's, here's a new journey that we're taking the three of us together, but also we'll be including several of our siblings. Already had Renee with us. We're going to have our brother Aaron come and join us. So really having everybody, um, as many people are who are willing, you know, our siblings come and join us as they're comfortable and kind of talk about their own experiences growing up because we are three of nine and there's a 20 year span in ages. So everybody's experience is a little bit different. And, you know, depending on if you're an older sibling or a younger sibling, even your experience as you know, with our parents was very different, how they raised us, what our relationships are and everything is very different. So it'll be nice to get and financial circumstances, right? Financial circumstances differently, being able to do more for the younger kids. And so I think that um, it just made sense to have, you know, the name sister trip based on our trip across the country and our journeys now.
one of the things that's been really healing to me is just talking about the experiences that we've had and hearing other people's experiences, but sharing and listening help you put things in perspective and help you kind of understand and settle what has gone on in your past and how that has contributed to the decisions that you've made in the present and the decisions that you will make in the future. So I think this podcast was partly about us um, healing from our childhood and our marriages, but also sharing our experiences with other people. Right. And I think it feels like we're all still learning, but I think you're right. I think the point of the podcast really is what that in the end, um, it's what you make of the experiences that you go through and how you learn from them. And I think talking it out and um, just sharing our experiences, especially, I mean, even our current experiences and things that we're going through when we're talking about our uh, failed marriages and um, whatever it is going on in our lives now, looking back and being able to say, okay, this is from a, you know, a traumatic experience from when I was younger and how is that impacting who I am and how I interact with people. And, you know, as we go forward and we're talking more about our experiences, we'll be able to, you know, we'll be able to talk a little bit about how we interact with people now. And like, even with the people that I work with and my friends, how we interact with, well, and with our, each other and with our children, we did a test run just you and me, Mandy and, um, February. And we were just mostly trying to figure out the equipment and hook up our headphones and microphone and all that stuff, which obviously we still don't have our microphones figured out, but we had recorded just a silly thing and we were trying to get Rachel on board and she was a little hesitant until she heard our toilet paper recording. Yeah. So I, um, I didn't want to like be rehashing our history and sort of um, reigniting my anger because for a long time I was very, very angry. And, you know, after years of therapy and self-reflection and just spending time on my own personal healing, I was worried about getting angry again if I started talking about everything that we've been through Um, because I'm not angry anymore. I didn't want it to stunt my growth, I guess. I didn't want to end up taking steps backward. So... That was my hesitation. Um, I didn't want it to affect my progress. And I am realizing that I've put the anger down. So I can talk about this and remember things. And sure, some of it's still upsetting, but I'm just not angry anymore. And being able to talk about it, I mean, it has still helped with the healing process. And I think being able to talk about it has also shown some growth on my part. 
Absolutely. And then also sharing our story with other people because recognizing that everyone has challenges that they have to overcome and that people do have childhood trauma and not everyone's trauma is the same, but the impact is the same and finding a way over it, through it, around it, get just being able to get to the other side. They were destructive, but they didn't destroy us and they did have an impact on our lives, but we are finding ways to have that impact be positive and meaningful and sharing our experience with other people, I think will help them see that their traumatic experiences, even if they're destructive, they don't have to be destroyed. They can be a complete whole person and be more optimistic about their um, future and their present as they move through their healing process. Working in a public school system and working through the process of, um, you know, how do you help children through trauma in the classroom? Because you have to understand that every student coming into the classroom, and I don't teach, I do communication, but every student that comes into our buildings um, is carrying some sort of trauma and they're called adverse childhood experiences. Everybody has them, whether it's parent divorce or um, abuse or addiction or you know whatever they're dealing with at home, they're bringing that in with them. And, and, and that's true for every human being. But understanding that it isn't about the trauma itself. There's no point in having somebody, I mean, I know we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the stuff that we went through, but it isn't about the, the trauma itself, it's about the impact. The impact of, of what we went through, how we address it and, and recognizing how it affects our relationships and how we move through life ourselves. And uh, my hope with this podcast is that regardless of what anybody else's trauma is, as they're listening to it, they can kind of relate to some of our experiences and some of the reflections that we have and see that in themselves and, and find healing and find a way to move forward from their own trauma regardless of what it is. I think this way, I behave this way, I react this way because of my past trauma. And if I can recognize my reactions, not rehash the trauma, but recognize that the way I think and behave is the way that my trauma has impacted me, then I can repair it and move forward. I don't have to rehash every single traumatic experience to say, because of my past, I think and react a certain way. I think about myself a certain way. I expect others to think about me a certain way. I react to people a certain way. I overreact because of my past trauma, regardless of what the trauma is. And I think people listening to the podcast, it will be the same thing, regardless of what your trauma is. If you can start recognizing that you're reacting to something not based on the situation itself, but based on your past trauma, then you can start to heal. Then those relationships can start to heal. And I feel like part of why our marriages ended and we, well, we chose the people we chose and the reason our marriages ended is because of our childhood trauma and bad relationships, poor relationships that we had when we were younger. So now we can recognize that we can grow, we can move forward and we can be better people and have better relationships, not because we dwell on the trauma, but because we're looking at how we can move forward. I mean, it's not just about surviving trauma, but 
you can survive trauma and go on to live a very happy, fulfilling, successful life. Correct. Like there is light at the end of the tunnel. Right. And it's not, you're right. It's not just surviving. It's thriving when you're able to recognize that you've had trauma and you don't need to dwell on that and sit on that, but you can move forward and you can build a very happy life. And I think that for all of us, we've done that. We're all homeowners. We're all single mothers. We all have fantastic relationships with all of our children and they're all very, they're, our relationships with our children are nothing like the relationships we have with our parents, you know, and right. our, our children, I appreciate the fact that our children are very close to each other, um, their siblings, you know, that they are able to have the kind of bond that we had, but I'm hoping they also have a, a bond in a way that's healthier than we had, because I think growing up, we became very codependent on each other because of our circumstances, because of how we lived, because we had to take care of each other. And we created a bubble that made it hard for people to come into because we just were so um, dependent on each other and protective of each other because of that. Because Well, of right. Right. Because we'd been let down by our parents repetitively through our childhood. And the only concern, constant was our relationship with each other. And it was even more exaggerated by the fact that we were homeschooled. We, so we didn't have friendships outside of our siblings. We were not only siblings, we were also classmates and friends. So that really made that codependency exaggerated. And some of it was beneficial to our survival, but then some of it was detrimental to our relationships outside of the family. Right. It really is kind of a codependency and trauma response for us to be so protective of each other. And so like unwelcoming to outsiders sometimes, you know, like we've got to protect each other. We've got to protect this bubble and we've, you know, we're each other's responsibility. So we've got to overprotect each other and we make it difficult for people to come in and, and feel comfortable with the family because we're being so cautious and so protective. And it isn't just about the relationships we had with our parents. It's also about the experiences we had with people they brought into our home and um, abuse that happened there. You know, you're very cautious about someone in the family bringing someone new in because you don't want them to have um, endure the trauma that they, that we did when we were children. Right. And I think that, I think that um, the three of us and definitely um, a couple of our siblings have been able to do that. We've really been able to have relationships with people outside of the family that are healthy, that are, you know, long-term I would, you know, I have some of the same friends I've had for 30 years, you know, and there hasn't been the, the relationship relationships have not been dramatic. They've been very steady and stable and supportive and both ways. Like they're as supportive of me as I am of them. I think that, but it would, it took a long time to get to a place where you could have those relationships that were healthy and comfortable and genuine without feeling like you had to keep protecting yourself. 
I think this is one of the challenges that we've had because we are single mothers and we all work full time and we all have houses to take care of. Finding the time to actually sit down and record together has been our biggest challenge. (laughs) I know. It never seems like we have time at the same time. I like it better when we record at night and we're drinking. I think we're funnier when we're drunker. (laughs) We don't always have to be funny. We can be serious. We're being serious right now about what we're talking, you know, the point of. Yeah, true. But I think, I think for us, not only is it healing, but we do really add uh, some sarcasm and some humor to everything that we. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like, you know, when you're going through it, it sucks. And when you're first reflecting back, you're pissed, you know, and I think we're at the point where we can just laugh at it. And people are like, that really happened to you. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, you really lived like that. Well, yeah. You know what? If I was raising my kids the way I was raised, they'd be shitting in a five gallon bucket. So I'm over it. My kids are not going to have to do what I did as a child. And your kids don't have to live the same childhood you had, right. you know? Well, when I was a kid, I'll tell you what it was like when I was a kid. Let me tell you, my kids ain't doing exactly. it. That's how I feel too. That's, I think why sometimes even with um, the self-doubt and the low self-esteem and the lack of self, self-worth that I was still like, my kids are not living the way I live. My kids are not going to grow up poor. My kids are not going to wonder where their next meal is coming from. So I've worked hard, even when it's not like for myself and I should be proud of myself and how far I've come in my career, but it's about making sure my kids have their home and stay in their home and not have to move around all the time and that they have food on the table and, and clothes on their back and, you know, can, can be kids and not have jobs at nine years old opportunities to, um, explore their interests, right? Support, financial support and emotional support and providing opportunities for them to explore their interests. But, you know, the main thing that I really enjoy about this podcast, like, first of all, I listen to myself talk all the time and I think I'm hilarious. But what I really love about this podcast is that we would not spend this much time together in our daily lives because we live four hours apart. So having an opportunity to actually dedicate time to just chatting with you guys is that's been my favorite aspect of the whole thing is like, okay, well, we've got to, we've got to get another episode under our belt. So when are we going to get together? And when are we, when are we going to talk? And we're talking about all the same stuff we would talk about anyway. Right. So why not record it and share it? Right. You know, and at the same time, we're actually getting an opportunity to talk to each other, to listen to each other. And I think that's huge. And I'm really enjoying the time that I get to spend with you guys while we do this. I agree because, you know, we obviously grew up together, lived together, went through the same experiences. Obviously as different people, we have different views of what happened, you know, everybody doesn't see everything the exact same way, but we all have our own truth and to accept each other's truth, listen to each other's stories and be able to work through, um, how those things even affected our relationships with each other. 
we can actually talk about the hurt and the pain that we caused each other. And instead of being defensive about it, we can own it and say, I'm sorry, I hurt you. I did not. That wasn't my intention. And can you forgive me? And can we heal and move on from this? I think that that's a good place for us to be in. And I think that's why we're able to do this podcast now is because like Rachel said, we're past the point of being angry. And what are those five stages of grief? There's like all those five stages, but one of them is acceptance. And like, we've accepted that we had the childhood that we had, that we made mistakes. I'm with Rachel on that. If you're still angry, you're never going to be able to get through the hurt and the um, apology and the forgiveness. You can't do it if you're angry. And I think too, it's hard for on the receiving end of that anger because because of the codependency of our relationship, because we are so close that when we have wronged each other, um, the person on the receiving end is like super extra hurt. So this is what I learned in therapy. Anger comes from pain. So when you're hurt, you react to the pain with anger. And that's a normal, healthy reaction. What's not normal is hanging on to the anger. Well, not that that's not normal, but that's not healthy. Right. It's not healthy. Well, it's not healthy healthy to hang on to to it. Right. Right. Hanging on to the anger is not healthy. And so when we, when someone says, oh, you really hurt my feelings, like, because it hurts you that you hurt someone else, you're like, no, I didn't. I didn't do that. I didn't say that. You don't know what you're talking about. You misinterpreted. Doesn't matter. If somebody tells you that they, that you hurt them, it hurts you to know that you hurt someone else. And rather than be angry and defensive, you have to apologize, acknowledge their pain, acknowledge that it hurt you to hurt somebody else and apologize for it and forgive them, you know, ask for forgiveness, but also you have to forgive yourself too. To acknowledge and apologize when you hurt somebody, that's not something that was ever demonstrated to us. So learning to say that you're sorry was really, I mean, at least for me, that was something that was very, very difficult for me for a long time. Even if I knew that I did something wrong. Even when I knew that I did something that hurt someone and I could feel, I, I did feel really bad about it. It was very, very challenging for me to build up enough strength to actually apologize for what I had done. Well, have you guys ever read or heard anything by Brene Brown? Yeah. Cause she talks about that vulnerability because what you're doing when you're apologizing to somebody, you're acknowledging that you hurt them, but also you are opening yourself up to being hurt as well, because you have to hear from them what it was that you did that caused them pain, right? So that vulnerability, we were never um, shown how to be vulnerable in a healthy way, right? To actually say, listen, I'm 
I need to talk to you. And this is hard for me, but I'm going to open myself up. I'm going to listen to whatever you have to say and I'm going to accept it. And I'm going to apologize for the pain that I caused you. Yeah, we, that was, that's huge to be able to do that because you are, you are opening yourself up to getting, you know, the knife stabbed in and twisted a little bit. And it's that fear of rejection too. Like I will right. say, sorry, and they'll be like, too bad. Fuck you. Get out of my face. I don't want anything to do with you anymore. Yeah, too little, too late. Yeah. Too little, too late. You're a loser. You hurt me and I don't want you in my life anymore. Congratulations. You know? Right. So, but I think that's what, I mean, that's ultimately what we're trying to do here, right? Is we're allowing ourselves to be vulnerable. We're talking about things that were painful, but we're also beyond the stage of anger so that we can actually do the work that needs to be done in order to heal. And right. have healthy relationships with each other, with our children, with our coworkers. You know, if there ever is a romantic relationship, not for me, but you know. It takes a lot of strength to acknowledge that you have those shortcomings, that you struggle with being able to apologize, that you, you know, that we struggle with saying that we were wrong and we are sorry and you know, we're open for however you're going to react to it. One of the things I work on and think about a lot is intent versus impact. And sometimes our intention isn't, you know, our intention isn't necessarily to hurt somebody or to anger somebody or to ruin a relationship. But if that's what happens, if that's the impact that what we say and do has, that we have to be able to go back and acknowledge that I hurt you. Not right. I didn't mean to hurt you. Right. Who means to hurt somebody who, but you did. So taking out that giving. Oh no. Sometimes I did it on purpose. Sometimes (laughs) I did it on purpose. I was like, Oh really? You think you, you think you're going to go there with me? Well, let me show you something. Yeah, that's true. But But that's a, but that's a same, same comes from the same place. It comes from the same place of anger and defensiveness and self-preservation like it's just like you got to take care of you because nobody else is so you're right walls and that defensive mechanism you know because you have to take care of you there's nobody else to do that but i think you know not not placing blame on the other person for taking it a certain way but accepting that they've been hurt and i did that and i'm right. sorry you because were. it doesn't matter what your intention was, right? Their perception is what you have to acknowledge, and the impact it had on them, and the right, right. And that was one of the things when I was in in London, and I had to come back, you know, just by myself with the boys, no husband. And my therapist said to me, "Listen, you need to go back home." And you need to let your family and your friends take care of you. You do not allow yourself to be cared for. And you need to go home and you need to let people take care of you. And that was so hard for me. I, I really struggled with that. But I think I moved through that healing process more quickly than I would have. Because when my friend showed up and said, I brought dinner. I'm going to cook dinner for you. Instead of me saying, oh, no, 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 I'll cook. Don't worry. I was like, oh, 
I had to stop and take a breath and say, you know what, this person is doing this because they love me, they care about me, and they want me to be okay. And I'm just going to sit down and let them cook the dinner and, and be okay with that. That was hard. But not only did it help me heal more quickly, it strengthened those relationships that I had with other people in a very positive way. Great point. I think we all need to learn a little bit more of that. And with that, I think we're uh, going to go ahead and wrap up the episode. Until next time, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to Sister Trip. If you have questions for us or ideas for future episodes, please let us know. And remember, always prioritize yourself, your health, and your journey. As Grandma Fi would say, you are not a victim. You are a survivor. And we are so proud of you.